Jupiter, he really enjoys using going through the nine steps, and he enjoys using the music app. Yes. Can you just share a little bit about what you've seen with him enjoying the tutoring and also enjoying to read now? Yeah, that is that still uh, it kind of just takes my breath away, and is so almost shocking to me when I catch him just reading casually. Um, when you have a child who you know, couldn't memorize his letters, you know, going on a couple years working on that to reading four or five letter words, spelling, spelling difficult and challenging words that I think are even above his level. It's just, it still catches me off guard. And it's so, um, it's so amazing and fulfilling to see that. And I could see how, like you mentioned, how proud he is of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, I think we both felt very kind of hopeless because we didn't know what was wrong. We didn't know, you know, why these things weren't sticking. And so, yeah, it's, he, he actually um, enjoys reading and he's actually, I mean, for how much he's had to catch up, he's actually really good. Good morning. I'm so happy you're with us today. I have two special guests with me today. One is a good friend. Her name is Mindy Van Zuden, and I have her son, Ryder. Ryder's going to be eight years old pretty soon, but she is helping him with his reading. He is an adorable child, and um, I'm just so excited to have him both him here with his mom. He's very brave to be on the show, and a few months ago, I had another young student that we've been working with on this program and he was you know not too shy to talk i'm excited when the when the children can start coming forth and telling you a little bit about their story and their concerns but mindy is here here to support her son Ryder. so i want to welcome you both come on to our stage here good morning dr marianne thanks for having us it's so good to see you good morning it's morning for us, lunch for you guys, huh? That's right. We're going to have some lunch soon. Okay. Well, I'm going to start this off um, and, and have you, Mindy, just share what, why did you think it would be important for Ryder to come on and, and share his story today? Ryder has been working so hard with learning to read, and sometimes it feels like it's just too hard, doesn't it, sometimes? And so we wanted to come on and just encourage people to work hard, even though it's difficult, it's possible to learn to read with dyslexia. And that's what Ryder is here to tell everyone that he can do it. He can learn. He says, no. (laughs) He's starting to write words and communicate through writing, which is something that a year ago he never would have been able to do. He just wrote, no, he didn't have something to say. He, he said, no. Yep. Yeah. You know what, Ryder, that's showing your sweet personality that you, you're going to be a, somebody that makes people laugh. He is a giggle guy. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, Ryder, talk to us about what's in your heart as far as what gets you excited when you learn about telling other kids what you've learned. What gets you excited to talk to them? 
tell us why did you agree to do this? Because what's your I goal? didn't. Oh, you didn't. But what did we talk about could help? What could we do with this? You didn't tell me. We could help other kids. Talk to me about it. It's another no. <laughs> it's another no, he says. Okay, we could do this. Tell Miss Dr. Marianne that where your heart is, what do you want to do to help others? Mm-hmm. Want to hey, Ryder, can I tell you a story? So you're seven years old, and that means you're a second grader, right? Okay, I'm going to put the view in share mode. Because the first class I ever taught, because I was a classroom teacher, and I've been a teacher for 23 years, but I was a second grade teacher my very first year. And I would help kids with um, that couldn't read, and I didn't even know about dyslexia. And I was doing everything I could do, putting letters with pictures and trying to help them learn their beginning sounds and their ending sounds and their vowel sounds. And there were some kids who were just so smart and they could talk and talk and talk, but they still couldn't read. And I knew there was something more because I knew there was something different about these kids that were really smart and creative and fun. And they were the ones that had dyslexia. And one little boy was at my table. He was African-American and he couldn't even hear me. I mean, I would have to repeat and repeat and repeat. And it turns out he couldn't even hear because the nurse at the school said his hearing was fine. But I told his mom, take him to an outside specialist, get his hearing checked out. And he was like he had water in his ears. The the doctor told him that or told the mother when he was under, uh, it was like he was swimming in a pool and he couldn't hear people. So he had to have tubes put in his ears. And um, when he did that, he started learning and reading and he's an older man now. And he goes to the gym where I exercise and he remembers me, Dr. Cintron, you were my teacher. You helped me read. Isn't that a cool story? Ryder had tubes in his ears when he was a little boy too. He did. Well, that's a very timely story then, isn't it? It is. Ryder has mild hearing loss. Oh, okay. And they said that he could possibly get hearing aids if we felt like he needed it. Wow. And so when he was in the classroom and wasn't picking up on things, we were going down the road of he couldn't hear. And it turns out that there was more to the story than just that he couldn't hear. He wasn't processing those sounds correctly either. There you go. So that's when we discovered his dyslexia. And what else do you have trouble with? You have dyslexia. Dysgraphia. Dysgraphia. And what does dysgraphia make it hard to do? Read. Read and? Write. Read and write. And then you have attention problems right is it hard to focus mm-hmm. yeah well bless his heart you are not alone young man and you know just for our audience dysgraphia is the when kids can't write um i once assessed a, a student who was in high school and he would say the letters as he wrote them which is what they're taught to do but 
if I would have graded his test according to what he was was writing, he would have got half the words wrong because he wasn't even able to write what he was saying. But dysgraphia also goes into a, a deeper level of not being able to organize your thoughts so that you can write a paragraph, write sentences that go together to create a paragraph. So it's a, a deeper level of thinking that kids with dysgraphia really need help with. But a first, the first sign is, how is your students writing and printing? I have one student who just writes beautifully, and now I'm working with her on cursive, and he's writing me a little note. I know. <laughs> ah, I know. And then um, another student who's, I have to tell him to always slow down, slow down, because he wants to write so fast, and then you can't see what he's writing. Mm -hmm. But you can, and that's part of the ADD or ADHD even, where they want to write so fast. So just take your time. You know, we're not in a hurry. (laughs) Right. We use double line paper to do all of our writing instruction. And he starts one letter at a time, like you said, and saying it out loud. But we taught automaticity with letter um, writing so that we could get, you know, say the letter, write the letter. And using the same pattern every time, um, that really makes a big difference. And, you know, so I want the audience to know that Mindy is a dyslexia specialist as well as I am. So she actually received her certification very recently, right? Yes, from the University of Florida back in August. And one of the things we do when we give assessments for students is we test the students with correctness or automaticity. So some kids will get it correct, but it'll take them a long time to get the sound right. Or if we do letter substitutions in a word, instead of house, we say, take the huh away and put mm. So will the kids say that quickly, mouse, or will they have to figure it out? So we want the automaticity where it's under the count of one, two, three. Is that, do you do the same thing? Is it one, two, three? Yes. Yes. Then it's automatic. Like that. They get three seconds to think and then it's <laughs> otherwise it's a correct response, not automatic. And we do want those automatic numbers to improve. He drew you a house because you said house. <laughs> okay. Can you also draw a mouse? You're going to draw a mouse? You can only draw a stick mouse. A stick mouse. Okay. That's about as good as I Let's could do. What, too. Can, what does it look like? A stick mouse. So, you so, know, Ms. getting the words right Go is ahead. so important. I, I think a lot of times the students will substitute a word. So instead of saying house, they might even say home when they read. Or instead of saying dad or say father, they'll say dad when they read. And that messes up the ability. If you want to give them a rhyme, they're going to they have the wrong word so they can't rhyme it. So I think that was an interesting aha moment I had. Why it's important for kids to read the right words. Right. I think it's so amazing, though, that our brains can think so quickly to replace a word with a similar word. Yes. Here is our little mouse. Oh, he is a little tiny one. <laughs> hey, hey, Ryder, have you ever seen a mouse? Where? Where? In my book. Oh, in, in a, a book, book, but not in real life. Can I tell Maybe you a story? 
Here's another story, Dave, by Dr. Centron. My grandma used to live on a farm in Norco, California, and we or Corona, California, and we used to always go to her farm. And she used to milk her cows. And one day I was in her barn watching her milk her cow, and a little mouse came out from the corner. And mice little usually are on all fours, right? This little mouse picked its hands up and looked at me like, ah! <laughs> and it reminded me of Mickey Mouse. It was just the cutest little thing, but he stood up on his hind legs and just, anyway, I, that's when I saw a real mouse. That's and I've seen him so since silly. then, but. <laughs> we saw some naked mole rats at the zoo one time, and that was really fun crawling all around. Remember it's that? It's nice than when they're in a cage, isn't it? Yeah. Not Definitely. in a trap. <laughs> Not running around or in a trap, but when they're in a cage, that's kind of fun. That is fun. What's your favorite animal, Ryder? Mommy knows. Tell us. I'm not it. You can say it. He's so Miss Cintron, part of the reason why we wanted to do this was because Ryder has spoken before on video to the school board in our hometown, asking them to help students like him have the opportunity to learn to read because not all school districts have um, curriculum that support the the struggling learners. And so Ryder has a hope to help other children to have the same opportunity that he gets from his mom. Because not everybody has a mom that's a dyslexia specialist. And so part of our mission as a family is to continue to let people know that dyslexia is real and that it's not a bad word or something that we shouldn't talk about, but that it's something that we live with every single day in our life and it makes our lives harder sometimes, but that the hard work is worth it. Right, Ryder? No. Hard work pays off? No. (laughs) But you know, phonics is just doggone hard. Um, You have to, there's tricks to it because some, there's rules, there's grammar tricks and rule, I call them tricks, but because kids don't like rules. But there's grammar tricks. And once they learn the grammar tricks, doggone it, if there isn't an exception to the rule. And right. then, it, then it becomes a sight word. So when I, because I tutor three, two students right now, and I'll be teaching a vowel team. And all of a sudden, we'll have an exception to the rule. And I'll just say, we have these exceptions, but there are those rules, the tricks that are, once you learn them, reading can be easier. But even kids without dyslexia struggle with learning these. And unless a school does have a multisensory reading program, let all the kids benefit from it. And then the dyslexic kids will just be a part of the mix of, of everybody learning because my kids aren't dyslexic, but my son had to go to summer school to catch up on his reading in private school. My daughter had to stay after school a few days a week with some others and they're not even dyslexic. And so in general, the phonics rules have to be taught and teachers need to be trained. That's the problem. Teachers aren't being trained to teach reading properly. But so, aren't you starting to offer some teacher training? I am. I do. I have uh, my training videos are all 
up and recorded so that they can be ordered and watched on a school's time or on the parents on her own time. And then I have all my curriculum um, digital files. So if any parent wants to do extra tutoring and earn some extra money while they're working at home with their kids, they can work online and tutor. And I also mail the curriculum in California. So that's right. That's one of my 20, my, my passions for this year. I won't say the year because this will be an evergreen. Right. <laughs> one, of my, one of my passions is to have people order my curriculum so that I could continue to be used the way God wants me in a lot other areas as well. But sure. Okay. So he drew a house with a door and a bunch of windows. I love and it. The door has a window. And the door has a window in it. Well, and you know what's very pretty is you have some flowers on a on a windowsill. Detail. Dyer likes to play Minecraft, and he builds very intricate 3D um, houses. And one time we were driving down the road, and he said, Mom, stop the car. And I thought, like, something had happened. But he wanted to go back and look at the house so that he could build it in Minecraft. Wow. It's amazing how the brain works. I did. You did build it in Minecraft, didn't you? Did it have lots of sides to it? Yeah, those four sides. How did you know that it had four sides? You only saw the front of the house. All houses have four sides. All houses have four sides. He can just see things. One. Three-dimensionally. Three-dimensional. And you know, what's, what's interesting is there's the four areas where dyslexic people really thrive is in architecture, engineering, music and the arts, and as entrepreneurs. So I, I meet so many realtors and other you know, people who are entrepreneurs, they have their own businesses. And the statistics say 35% of the entrepreneurs in the United States are dyslexic. So wow. it is okay to have your own business and uh, want to help other people and well that's really now does he does writer have um or rather let me ask you what's your favorite thing to do like music or sports do you like to play an instrument or would you like to listen I to like piano to guitar but i'm not playing them yet so he's been playing the piano yeah but i want to play the guitar but he oh. really wants to learn to play the guitar. So we're going to start lessons. Oh, he wants to get his guitar. Well, we're going to cool. start lessons next month. So, Okay. Oh, that's so nice. I loved when my kids were involved in music because their brains worked better. The more um, senses you can get engaged in learning, your brain is going to just be making those synapses and connections. That is a beautiful guitar. He got this as a Christmas present so he could learn to play. He's got a good ear for music. Beautiful. Isn't that interesting? Even though he has a little bit of challenge with hearing, and we're going to pray for, for healing for him. But even though, you know, he has those challenges, he can still, he's not, he can tune into the sounds. He can. It's, um, it's miraculous. That's what it is. Ryder, I'm so excited to see what God has planned for you in your life. You know, when my son was um, in fifth grade, he could play uh, drums. It was, you know, they had to do an instrument and they encouraged, you know, try drums. Oh man, he could rip it up. And I'm like, that was really fun. <laughs> you kind of like the drums a little bit too, don't you? 
I wanted to get a drum set for my birthday. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll get a drum set. Well, and you know, if you have good rhythm, it's just nice. But my son doesn't do that now. I, I wish he still did play drums. But you know, my my cousins play drums. It was in it's in our genes. Okay. Sometimes my mother was one of the original musketeers. Really? Mouse Club. Yeah, she was yeah. never picked on TV with Annette Funicello, but she was one of the original musketeers. And That's really fun. A lot of country western songs. He was a good country western singer. Very cool. Anyway, hey writer, I have a question. I have this magazine. Can you see this? This says kids have a lot of questions. And they're afraid to ask questions. So since you're homeschooled, right? So yep. you you're not shy to ask your mom questions. But what do you think? Do you sometimes do you feel shy to ask even your mom a question? Mm-mm. Oh, good. Look, look at Miss Marianne and use your words when you answer. Okay. Yeah, because I need to hear your words. Okay. People are watching this, and they're they're only listening. They're not really seeing. Can you tell her? Say, I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm not afraid to ask questions. What kind of questions do you ask me? You know some, I forget them. So memory is really tricky for writer, and he forgets a lot of things. But do you know we do a lot of hand motions to help us remember things, to make them multisensory? Like when, what do we have to learn every single week? A verse. A Bible verse for church. And his Bible verses are not special for Ryder. They're the same ones as every other kid gets. And yet he has a little bit harder time memorizing them. So we do hand motions to remember our verses. And he's showing you his guitar that he drew. Oh, that's a nice picture. So those of you who can't see that aren't watching the YouTube, he's a little artist. He's drawing the house and the mouse and the guitar. And he's, Got a cute little Dutch boy haircut. You have to watch the YouTube. <laughs> He's just really cute. Well, and so, so signing, sign language. Um, yes. Signing for, for songs helps them remember the songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We use a lot of um, ASL, although none of us are formally trained in it. Uh-huh. Um, we always look it up online and then add some of those special signs to um, our memory verses to help us remember them. That's really good. So, Ryder, do you have any ideas what other kids might have questions that um, they're afraid to ask? Mm-hmm. I know dyslexic kids are shy, but in general, kids kids can tend to be shy. It's a personality style that, you know, parents have to really draw the kids out. It's a lot of work. <laughs> you said shy. Now he's disappearing. Wait, you know what? But, I, but when they don't have a good self-esteem, that is when we need to help build their self-esteem, and it really helps them tap into their gifts, and then they start flourishing. So lots of opportunities, and we'll take advantage of everyone so that we can get grow, so we can grow. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Ryder, I want to thank you so much for being our special guest today with your mom, Mindy. Thank you for the idea. I think we're going to get a lot of views with this um, 
YouTube and podcasts. So we, we are a nonprofit organization. If what we have shared has inspired you, please reach out to me on dyslexia-solutions.com. I'm Dr. Marianne Cintron, and we look forward to you next week. Thank Bye-bye you. Now. for listening to this podcast in its entirety. If what we shared today has inspired you, would you please visit our website, dyslexia-solutions.com and consider making a donation so that we can keep these podcasts going. Also, please subscribe to our channel and find me on, on Instagram, Marianne Sintron. Thank you again for tuning in and may God bless you.